You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan's here. I know everybody gets excited. Ryan. Hello, 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 hello. I think people are more excited that you're here than you're excited about being here. <laughs> is that possible? I'm excited to be back. Uh, right? Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice. It is. Your your voice just got high. It's yeah. good. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, you know. Uh, it's been it's been a good week, you know. I'm appreciative, and after hearing about this next guest, it just makes you kind of think. I asked him a lot of questions, and I think we got some great stuff here. Uh, I'm just really excited about this. Normally, I talk about first. I want to say thank you for all the uh, people who are supporting uh, Stage It and my patrons who support the podcast more than. Whew, Amazing. I talk about it all the time. If, if you uh, don't know what Patreon is out there, it's uh, if you want to support the podcast in other ways and get cool stuff and have, you know, get to ask questions to guests and get to ask me questions. I do this thing, Ryan, you've seen it where uh, it's called inside of me where, mm-hmm. you know, people ask me questions and I, instead of just answering them, I create characters like I was in drag and I was this Australian English guy because my accent was all over the place. And so I try to have a lot of fun. We do YouTube lives where it's like request lines where I play songs and for all the patrons. It's just a, it's it's amazing community. Amazing friendships have come out of it. Something I never expected. And uh, it's just an awesome, awesome thing. So thank you to all the patrons out there. Keep supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're just listening for the first time, I, I hope you'll uh, give the show a chance. Subscribe. Uh, follow us um, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at ins- at Inside of You Pod on Twitter. And it goes a long way. It goes a long way with your support, and we keep cooking. You know what is it? That I always say the little caboose that could. What was it? The little engine that could. The little engine that could. Yeah, I never can get that right. I did that play in kindergarten. You did? Yeah. How were you? Were you the engine? No, I was. Uh, no, they ma- they made up a role for me. <laughs> Well, that's because you were so I good. I, I think I was a caboose. I think they made up the caboose. All right. Well, fine. See, <laughs> the caboose did exist then, at yeah. least in your... Uh... Yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, thank you guys also for watching our Stage It's. We do live performances on a thing called StageIt.com. If you go to Rosenbaum uh, and Dancing, we have two shows coming up um, August 29th. Two shows, Saturday Pacific Time, 2 p.m., 6 p.m. We play music. We have prizes. You could Zoom with us, win shirts, and... Everybody just gets together and we play covers and some songs from my band Left on Laurel and we play some originals that Rob and I are working on. So go to stage.com, uh, go type in Rosenbaum and Dance and get a ticket and uh, hang out with us. I hope everybody's staying healthy. I know it's just getting crazier and crazier. Uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, you know, speaking of which, after talking to my next guest, boy, it, it just puts things in perspective. I wish that when, when I have insight or I get this insight from other people or certain perspectives that I wish they stayed with me longer. Cause they sort of, they stay there and you're like fascinated and go, I need to be in nature. I need to disconnect. And then I, I want to do that. And then you get caught up in your stuff again. And as you talk, you hear this guy's story, I don't think there's been a better story. I just don't. And he's not a big celebrity. He's, he won season six alone. And I was so fascinated by it. I'm in tears at the end of this finale. I just Instagram direct messaged him like people do to me all the time. I don't check mine all the time, nor did I think he would check his, Ryan. Mm-hmm. But I said, hey, man, you know, I played obviously a, a character who was a badass, but you're a badass in real life. Can, can, would you talk with me? Yeah, man, here, email my sister. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I emailed Rachel and she was awesome. And she's like, yeah. And I go, can you send me a bio? And she just sent me some information like, 
oh yeah, he used to just jump on freight trains for a year and go across the country with his brother and he went to Siberia and what at, at 21. And, uh, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a beautiful story and it's kind of, uh, I don't know. It really, I think you and I got really excited after this interview. It's insane. It's insane. You didn't know it's anything about it. And absolutely I, I have a feeling you're going to probably go watch alone season six now. I might now I'm going to have to. It's the Arctic. It's, it, it's unbelievable. And his story is unbelievable. Like I said. So again, guys, thanks for supporting the show. I hope you like it. I'll be giving shout outs to my patrons afterwards. And, um, uh, big news coming up. I still can't say it, but there's some great stuff coming, uh, our way here on the podcast. So, uh, please subscribe, do all that stuff. I love you. I'm going to be short, get to the point. Let's get inside of Jordan Jonas season six winner of alone. It's my point of view. You're listening to inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Of course you're out in nature. Yeah, the only place I can get cell service out here, I had to go on this mountain. <laughs> my gosh. So my one of my friends was like, my friend Deneen, she's like, uh-huh. you love this shit, watch alone. And I go, what's alone? I'm always alone. That's the story of my life. I'm alone. I'm at home alone surviving. <laughs> so I can't imagine. I, I, I started, and Here's what happened. I'm one of those guys that skips ahead. I never read what I'm supposed to read. I just kind of jump ahead to like the last chapter, find out what happens at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I watched season six alone. There's seven seasons. The seventh one is, is in. They're doing it now. Yeah, yeah. And I watched six and. All I could tell you was I didn't leave the house till it was done. <laughs> and I thought a couple things. One, I am a pussy. <laughs> I also thought, my gosh, how brave are these people? And then thirdly, I said, I, I cried. When, when, when your wife comes behind you at the end. Yeah, me too. Dude, I'm telling you. And I immediately go, I got to get this guy on the show. I got to get this guy on the podcast. This guy's awesome. He's like the man that I've always wanted to be. (laughs) He faces so much adversity. And like, uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of jealousy here because you're you're, the man that you are. There's, uh, you know, the family, how family oriented, how you could survive that long 77 days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up being not too bad. A couple months. <laughs> I mean, what I noticed about all the other contestants, it felt like, you know, there was one guy who was flipping out, just flipping out and he was going insane. You know, yeah. there's, I don't think I ever saw, I mean, you, you, you know, you, you get a moose, you, we'll talk about the, the, the moose, but like, I never saw any anxiety really from you. There was, it felt like you were just so even killed. And some people could say, well, those people are like, those are serial killers when they don't have any kind of <laughs> emotion, you know, <laughs> but I think it just surprised me how calm. And the only thing I could tell you was at the end, I remember you going, well, if I don't find any fat, look, my mind's all right, but I, I I'm done. Right. Right. Oh yeah. So the whole thing just blew me away. And so this show really well, is. Thanks talk- man. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's well, awesome. You're into it. Uh, listen, I'm into it. I'm babbling now because I'm excited. It's like, I'm talking to a movie star here. So, I mean, look, I, the first thing I look at is like for you to be who you are, uh-huh. that had to come from either your family's completely dysfunctional and you were sort of on your own and learned survival skills, or they were so damn cool 
I, I don't know. Tell me about it. How was your childhood? Uh, yeah, unfortunately for me, it was the latter. It was, I, I've had a have a great family and like you know, mother and father and siblings I get along with really well. So it gave me a good, pretty good, solid foundation that allowed me to move out in the world and do kind of crazy things. And you know, you kind of know you have something to fall back on. So. Yeah, what was that? Yeah. So, yeah, talk to me about that. I mean, how did you become so fearless? And what was it? How old were you when you realized you had something inside of you that wasn't like all your other friends? Uh, um, I guess the, I guess probably when I, I started riding, well, not starting riding, but my, my brother rode freight trains a bunch all around the country, you know, kind of hoboed it up. And then my, at the same time, my older sister, you know, I was the youngest, so I got to watch them all do these things. My older sister lived in New York city and kind of was in the high fashion world and, you know, had kind of the opposite end of life experience. So as being the younger brother, I was able to watch both them do these kind of opposite, but crazy things and, and join in a little bit. So I rode freight trains with my brother for the summer, you know, we rode across the country up and down the East coast and then back to, uh, to my home basically and part of that i did on my own so like we split up and i rode by myself spent some time by myself and then i went up and lived with my sister in new york for some months and had that whole opposite end of the spectrum experience and i don't know after after doing those types of things you kind of just don't want to go back to a normal day job well who, who so you try to forge a new path i guess <laughs> yeah but who who gets the idea i mean what what appeal does it have i mean as me as a kid right. taking a freight train jumping what are your parents saying like oh yeah go on the freight train yeah take a freight train <laughs> how old are you when you're doing this man well, i was like 19 so i was already old enough to make my own decision sort of i guess no but the uh I was mostly because my brother had been doing it, but he had already been doing it for years, and he uh, just invited me along. And I'd like a normal person, just been working at the old salad dressing factory, <laughs> doing my normal job, and uh, hopped out with him. And and man, it was a whole new, it was kind of a whole new eye-opening experience because you just are out in the world every night, uh, you know, trying to find what you know each day brings something new and it uh kind of gave me a taste of freedom that i then sought out in life probably but my you know my mom by that time was used to it because my brother had already been doing it so she'd already waved her hand <laughs> i mean but but usually you think of like cowboys or old you know rebels back in the 18th century jumping on freight trains it's illegal what you were doing right So the, the train's going, do you usually wait till a train stops or you just jump on it? Let's go. Well, to avoid waiting too much, we would usually, yeah, wait, jump on it a lot of times when it's, move, it's moving slowly. You run up alongside it, grab onto the ladder and hop on. And, you know, of course, you're picking out a car that has a good spot in it to lay down in or ride on and and see where you end up. Did you know. bring <laughs> snacks? Did you bring snacks to yeah, couple you know, of... some cans of chili. Oh, we also made a bunch of made a bunch of stew and like put it in Ziploc bags. And then, you know, you could bite off the bottom of the bag and 
squirt in your mouth. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I mean, and how, geez, man, I can't even, and so you get arrested. So what would they do? You, they'd say, what are you doing? Like, Hey, we're just, you know, and they just let you go. We're riding a train. Yeah. Yeah. They just had us, <laughs> you know, spend a night in jail and then, <laughs> I guess that taught us a lesson and let us go. You know, <laughs> nothing too crazy. Well, were you a troublemaker? Yeah. Were you a troublemaker in high school? Oh, not right? really, not at all, huh? Uh, not really, just uh, well, yeah, wasn't wasn't doing it to try to get in trouble. I was just doing it to try <laughs> to have an experience, I guess. I don't know. I mean, did you did you have any kind of like when you were a kid? Did you were you picked on at all, or were you? Uh, were you popular in school? Not really. We, uh, no, I have, you know, a lot of good friends. Kind of, I was homeschooled for my younger years and then in high school went to, you know, public high school, but I had good friends and a relatively normal life. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, we grew up on a little farm in Idaho. I guess, uh, I don't know. I mean, when were you hunting? When, were, when did you start hunting or learning how to hunt? And, uh, I didn't do a lot of hunting growing up. My dad didn't hunt, so so mostly I got into that uh, in uh, in Siberia when I was with the natives. <laughs> right. So Siberia, and you know, your wood, you know. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? How old were you when you decided to to leave Idaho? You're done with the freight training. You're looking for the next yeah, level. So we, uh, I was about. I think I was 21 when I went to Siberia the first time, about to 20 turn 22. So, uh, yeah, I went over there. Hey, hold on one second, one second. You got it. What's up? Okay, go tell her not to. She can't come up here. <laughs> hold on, I'll tell her. Olivia, don't don't come up here. Make sure you guys stay down there. Okay, you guys stay down there. I'll say hi later. Don't climb up. <laughs> kids all right you know what i'm thinking the first thing i'm thinking is your <laughs> attitude right then i have a feeling that's your attitude that you're so level-headed where i'd be like olivia for the love of god i'm doing an interview with someone i don't know <laughs> well i mean are you always that even killed or is your wife sort of like uh, at this point she knows you but like it, was she waiting for the crazy to happen, or she's just? Uh, I think I think I'm in general pretty even keel on that front. Yeah, yeah. So it's a personality trait, probably. <laughs> so Siberia, you're you're 21 years old. What makes you go? I'm going to go to the coldest place in the world. I'm going to be miserable. And... <laughs> Sounds nice, huh? No, I, uh, I, uh, you should write the brochures. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not no, miserable? Uh, no, it's pretty miserable, but not in a way. It's. Uh, I, there was a there was a guy who was over there building an orphanage, and I heard about him through kind of a long, convoluted story. And I decided to go over there and help him. So I, I basically just bought a ticket for a year because I figured, you know, I'd spend a good long year over there. Felt like it was my like calling at the time, the right thing to do. So I went over there and uh, yeah, spent a year there. But I, I the guy building the orphanage was a uh, like a missionary guy and he was an American and I wanted to live with Russians. So he spent, sent me to a neighboring village where I kind of spent most of my time with uh, a couple Russian families who, uh, who they had both spent some good time in prison and, and in prison had met a uh, friend of theirs who was a native reindeer, you know, reindeer herding person <laughs> and introduced me. That was the long story of how I got connected to the, uh, 
reindeer herders up north. It was so, uh, I mean, was it the appeal that they were in prison before that made you want to live with them? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, they were actually really cool guys. They were super, both of them were, you know, they're kind of like classic Russians and that they have like a couple cows and some animals and cut hay with their, you know, I would help them get hay in and they'd pile it, not in hay bales, but in those like piles that you see from the 1800s, the like little, I don't know, piles of hay. No, no, we'd go out and hay. I don't know, it was kind of felt like real, the real village Russian life. And I, I liked it. And they kind of just became like my, you know, Russian version of a family. So, and I bounced between them. The one guy was more like uh, serious and put together. And the other guy was just, hilarious so both of them were fun to hang out with did you learn <laughs> russian or did they speak good english or was every day like oh those no, I, Russian, so that was the hardest part i felt like probably the isolation learning russian was m almost more intense than the than on alone and shows like you know i felt like the worst of it was learning the language you know uh isolation wise so alone didn't even feel quite as bad and, you know i'd lived there for a whole year and kind of just slowly learned as i was there and they didn't speak any english so it was pretty pretty intense so but it's, eventually it came how how, mu how much russian do you know right now quite a bit i can pretty much say anything i want to say and have any conversation you know fluent but i have probably a bad accent and poor grammar all right let me hear yeah. something let me hear uh my name's jordan jonas i'm the winner of season six alone i'm a badass in russian <laughs> yeah i mean you have jordan jonas yeah we girl шестой сезон передача в изоляции <laughs> that's incredible how many languages can you speak just two <laughs> english and russian yeah yeah wow so got two down now <laughs> it's just it's just amazing how like you know someone their sort of vision of what they want to do even if they don't know what's out there to go explore i i envy you that because you know i'm 48 right. and i haven't really done that much I mean, right. I went to college, you know, barely got through that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but, like, you, you didn't go to college, right? You said, I'm going to freight trans and I'm going to Siberia? Years. You know, I got two years of college in, so, yeah, yeah. And you didn't, like you didn't like it? You didn't like it? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have a goal for it, so I, it would be just doing it to do the rounds, but I didn't have, like, a. it wasn't really a means to an end, so I didn't really see it through. So, yeah, yeah was your goal just to, like, I'm going to go help people, build an orphanage, uh, be a good person, be a... You know, and I'm just going to do this. I think so I was just trying to follow my uh, Christian path as I saw it at the time. So I was trying to, like, uh, do that the best I could, I guess, as we all try to <laughs> live our lives the best we can. And I, and I, that's all, that's what, that was basically my motivation. And then you learn a lot as you go, I guess. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of one foot in front of the other type thing. Yeah, it just it just blows me away because it's like, you know, you had good, I don't know, role models. Your parents, you had a good family. You went on freight trains. You went across the country. You were taking chances. You went to Siberia. You learned Russian. You built. For, it's like you're doing more in like the first twenty one, twenty two, twenty three years of your life than 
most people have ever or will ever do. You realize that, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I haven't I haven't thought of it in that way, but it was, yeah, I guess, a pretty action-packed couple of decades. I don't know. <laughs> like, especially in my 20s and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you, have you done, have you done anything in your life where you're just like, I can't do this? Is there anything you've tried that you're just like, you know, you win season six alone on the Arctic, which is unbelievable, which we'll get into here in a minute. You go to Siberia, you learn Russian. Nobody speaks Russian. How the hell do you even learn Russian if no one could teach you how to speak Russian? It's like, how do I say hello? I don't know what the hell you do. So it's like, what's one thing you just, that you've tried? You know what? Oddly enough, maybe it's like, when I went over there too, I was pretty young. And in a way, you're kind of idealistic. And I wanted to, and you, I, I really fell in love with the native way of life and the native people. You know, they became some of my really close friends. But then you kind of feel helpless in in in. You want to help them, but you, I don't. You know, I don't really know how. You don't really know how. And maybe that's something that I've tried several times and several ways to try to, you know, raise money or, you know, just help by being there and setting up certain systems that might give them uh an advantage in in life and and generally failed you know <laughs> as far as like as far as doing uh something that was impactful in his in it on the level that i would hope you know although things are always impactful on small scales and you know relationships and this and that but you know i was always hoping to I've, I've sometimes some ways I view that way of life as as it may have been in like 1860s Native America where where there's still a lot of people living the old ways but they're also under siege from a lot of both internal and external forces and you know you kind of want to like help them make it through and 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 thrive and I haven't found an effective way to do that on a broader level yet. Although we've tried several times in several ways. <laughs> wow. Do but it's a probably a lifelong and many lifelong task, you know, but, but yeah. Did they, so is that where in Siberia, is that where you sort of learned how to trap and you learned how to like have started yeah, hunting? A lot of that was living with the natives, you know, watching them do what they do and being a part of it. So yeah, definitely. Like living off the fat of the land, learning how to survive just based on. Yeah, really, it's people doing it who've been doing it for generations. So it really separates all the wheat from the chaff of what you might, you know, want to learn if you were just trying to pick it up here in the States and watching, you know, videos <laughs> or going to classes and stuff. It's like, you don't know if they're teaching you really works or what, you know, but yeah, that was that was the, the big lesson out there, I would say where I learned a lot of that stuff. Were you ever like at some point when you were in Siberia or you're doing all these things and you're lying in your bed and you're looking up at like, I don't know what you're looking up at, like a, a wooden, I, whatever. Are you ever thinking F this? I, I want to go back home to the States. Oh, in Siberia? There were, there were a couple times where I was really miserable due to like some kind of in, either injury or uh, whatever else. Uh, that that I was pretty, that you're pretty rough, feeling pretty rough. But, and then there's times that are, you know, we had a real, a real, like, you know, kind of 
times when your friends die or something like that over there where you're just like, man, this place is brutal, you know, but uh, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I actually do remember now that you say that. I remember laying in my bed and this actually was early on when I was still learning the language. But I just remember laying there and thinking, man, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. (laughs) But that was like my that was like my uh, isolate the feeling of isolation that I was going through at the time. Yeah, Yeah. To answer more specifically your question. And there were a lot of other times where I was really miserable, but I don't remember specifically thinking like, ah, like I wish I could tap out or get out of, you know, like. Uh, I guess you just know you're in it, so you just go through it. But yeah, did you ever like? Were there, did you ever get any fights in Siberia? Were there any guys, Russian guys, or like who's this American guy? Did you ever feel like anybody was picking on you, or everybody was cool? Uh, no, not really. I definitely got cussed out a few times by you know usually almost I guess every time I would say it was just somebody real drunk, you know. And there was a guy that pulled a knife on me, but he was super drunk and not that threatening. And then. Yeah, it's always it's always it's always that. Uh, I had a couple. There were a couple native guys that got in a big brawl one time, and I was like, sitting out in front of the teepee, and I just hear, and then all of a sudden, all the kids go running out of the teepee. Everybody's running, and they, those guys come falling out of it, like wrestling over this, you know, this gun. It's like a SKS, kind of like an AK forty-seven. They're wrestling over. I was like, holy crap. But, you know, the bullets are just whizzing over our heads. And I ran over there and, like, unloaded the magazine really quick while they were wrestling around and then let them continue wrestling. But that wasn't really directed at me. But uh, <laughs> there, there are definitely a lot of, like, chaotic moments. <laughs> Dude, I, I love it. I mean, so were your, were your parents kind of like, uh, Jordan, I love you. I'm proud of you uh they were patient with you they just whatever you want to do the world is your oyster that's how you felt yeah definitely felt supported by them for sure they're just like you know if that's what you feel like it's the right thing to do you do it and whatever the risk or whatever so yeah they they were pretty supportive on that front yeah (laughs) that's that's insane i just like for me i always talk about this but i'm like my father had no patience with me I mean, maybe I was a little ADD and all over the place, but there was never, I don't remember a moment where he said, listen, I'm proud. I'm take your time. It's gonna, I never heard that shit. So it's a wonder why I had to get into a profession where. (laughs) Oh no, it's just crazy. The difference that can make, you know, my dad was really encouraging, really, man, you're doing a great job. It's so, yeah, you have to overcome something else, right? Wow. What was it like the first time you hunted or you ended up, you know, honestly, like killing an animal? Was that something like, was it a weird feeling where you, how did you feel about it? Uh, you know, when you're, when you're native, especially, you feel really a lot more a part of the cycle of life in a weird way. Like, you don't, it, like death feels a little bit more natural and it also feels a little bit more a part of things. So I remember even just, killing their own reindeer at times, you know, when they wanted to butcher them and stuff. And they're like animals and stuff you've been taken care of and this and that. But, you know, there's just a time for everything. And you realize your time will come too. And, you know, it's just kind of, it feels more like because you're around it all the time, you're always seeing animals die or this or that happen. It just, uh, it, you're, you, you feel more, it feels more a natural part of the process, I think. Yeah, I can tell. I that was a thing. That was a thing I definitely noticed out there. It was just like, oh, 
even like death amongst them it's as sad as anywhere you know like we don't want to lose loved ones but it was but it kind of felt more part of the cycle i think for whatever reason just because your whole life is surrounded by it because it's always with the animals and the yeah well yeah well i i could tell when you were in the arctic and when you when you shot when you shot the moose with an arrow i could tell you were like the one thing i knew about you is you didn't want to see any animals suffer and you couldn't get in there because right. it's dangerous it's this giant right. moose and while he's still going you're gonna you're risking your life so as much as you wanted to get in there it sucked to yeah. watch him have to suffer right definitely absolutely yeah yeah i would have loved to put him out of his misery but it just wasn't a realistic option like the most likely option is he would have seen me because at the moment he when i shot him he didn't really know what hit him he just felt something in his side and ran off and laid down and and if he then sees you sneaking in to try to finish him off then he knows he's being chased you know and then he'll get all this adrenaline and fear and jump up and run away and you might never find him again and then he would die in vain or he might jump up and decide to attack you you know which moose do and so like either way it's a bad scenario whereas if he kind of just calmly goes out he doesn't really know he was being hunted you know you could tell he was looking around he wasn't that like panicked and nervous you know yeah it was kind of strange but yeah uh it, it, i did i wished i could have made it happen faster but yeah your wife i mean good lord i mean when you said you were gonna do this was she completely supportive or like jordan no you have kids. We're not, not what are you doing? <laughs> right. Well, it was kind of she kind of knew it was a perfect opportunity for me. Like I think I think my wife and my some of my, you know, my siblings were probably more confident than I was. They were just like, "Oh, you got this, man. This is a perfect situation for you." Uh and I, you know, of course I'm just like, "I don't know. We'll just see what happens." But uh the she was also in that boat where like man you can almost not say no just because it's such a good opportunity you know our our usual work is just dirty nasty demolition and stuff and like even the year before the alone show working i'd fell off a ladder and broke both my arms so that was rough so my wife had known you know knows that my day job doesn't go by without its own inherent risks and stuff so so I think she felt like it was kind of the perfect situation for me. And so she was pretty supportive. I, I think in the end, she had a harder time than I did <laughs> with the kids, you know, but, but that's understandable, I guess. Did you think you'd last 77 days? Did you think, did you think it would take 77 days? What were you thinking in the back of your head? Like, huh? That's a good question. Like I, I actually thought, I honestly percent told myself the show would by no in no way end before day ninety. So I didn't even think the show, and I had convinced myself so soundly that I, that I thought at day ninety is basically when the show is going to start, and then we're going to see who can stretch out the farthest from there. You know, so I thought maybe I, I thought in the back of my mind I was allowing myself like, well, if we get to day one hundred and twenty, then I think I'll win. But, <laughs> I should, I should allow myself to get to day 140. And then, the, but then when I started thinking about oh, day 140, that's when I started getting stressed, man, I don't have enough fat. I don't have enough this or that, you know? So that's where a lot of my worry about my food situation came from was thinking I had to make it 
140 some days. <laughs> what was your wife? <laughs> Honestly, 77 was a lot shorter than I expected. I remember like watching and you, uh, it was almost like, I don't know if you ever saw Reservoir Dogs where, uh, yeah. it, it, you know, when Tim Roth is looking in the mirror and he's like, you got this. You're so fucking cool. You're so fucking, you got, <laughs> like there was a, an element where you were like, I, he wants to convince them that he's part of their group. So I think you were convincing, like you were going to say, you were about getting ready for the helicopter to come down and like check you out to see if you could stay. Cause they were kicking people off if they've lost a certain right, amount of body right. fat. So you, I remember when you're talking, you're standing there and you're going, were you nervous that they're going to tell me I have to go home? You're like, Hey, look, I'm skinny. I remember you going, I'm skinny. All right, look, I'm thin, but I'm tough. I could, I could handle this. What were you thinking? Like, were you, unfortunately I didn't know what they were thinking. So, and I didn't know how much I weighed. They didn't show us our weight. And so I just had to guess. And I was like, I just looked at my gut and I was like, well, I still got a gut, so I can't be that thin, you know, like, but I don't know what they're thinking. Cause you know, here we are, they are doing an extra medical check because that's what their, I guess their reason for bringing Jana Lee out was. And I just thought they were doing an extra medical check because they were concerned. And so I was just like, no way, you guys can't be concerned. And then I like couldn't sleep at night. I was like, they can't really be worried about me, you know? And so I was, but I was panicked that they were. <laughs> so, so, so then I like thought for several days about what I was going to tell them when this medical check came. Like, I'm totally fine. You guys can't blah, blah, blah. What do you want me to do? Push-ups, jumping jacks, pull-ups? <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, so I was in the mid- mid-sentence trying to convince him that I was my normal self because, you know, they don't know what that is. And so uh, that's when Jana Lee came up, yeah. When she came up behind you, because I, I didn't see, I mean, did did you feel that emotion hit you when you saw her? Oh, yeah, I was shocked. I mean, that was, that was like most shock I could feel. I was, uh, again, I didn't expect it at all. I hadn't, I hadn't like, given myself that glimmer of hope at all yet i was just like i was just like so i was totally shocked i couldn't believe it and i was so happy to see her you know like the whole time i was thinking man it'd be so cool if my wife could come up here it would be so nostalgic for her you know because it's similar to siberia and she'd been there and uh and that's just what you think about the whole time so it was kind of a culmination of that but it was also kind of a culmination of like sort of your wildest dreams. I wasn't really, I'd never allowed, I think just psychologically, I didn't want to allow myself to think I was going to win because you don't want to be that disappointed. So, so yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm probably not going to win. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just talked myself into, I'd kind of already, and I think it was good for for your mental state, but I'd already kind of convinced myself of the worst possible outcomes. One, that it would go a lot longer and two, that I wouldn't win. But then I'd come to terms with those. You know, I was working on coming to terms with those. Like, okay, it's okay if it goes an extra another couple months. It's okay if you don't win, blah, blah. You know, like, so I was trying to come to terms with the worst things so that I could only be uh, pleasantly surprised. And I, that's really what happened. <laughs> How much food did you have when they came to give that uh, extra checkup on you? Did you have a fish in oh, your... I had a couple hundred pounds of moose still, and I had, like, Six, I think I had five fish, so like 60 pounds of fish probably. Well, okay, hang on, because they make it seem like you didn't have any food. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was you know, they got to create suspense. They, but, uh, but you were fine. Yeah, I had a lot of food. I had 
the Wolverine still to eat. I probably had 10 rabbits hung up. I had like, I just had tons of food at the moment, you did, know. Did it and, sm- and, the, yeah. and the fat was dwindling. Like a lot of that food isn't like loaded with fat, but I still had lots of fat. I still had plenty of fat for another month or two, you know. Did so you was, smell like just ass? I smelled like like moose and smoke and, and i don't know if that's too bad it was <laughs> i kind of my clothes that i still have that smell like that i'm like that's oh, kind of a good smell <laughs> that's your new nickname moose smoke. Yeah, smoke did your wife say you smell <laughs> yeah you know what i think when you live in the woods for a long time <laughs> like obviously if you take a shower and then you like go out and you're running around for a couple of days in new york you'll stink but then if for whatever reason if you're in the woods over months and you don't take a shower you your body must like neutralize somehow it doesn't really stink and even my wife said that it's just weird you know i don't know what it is but she wanted you to shower you You don't really have bo for whatever weird reason but she wanted you to shower before you made out or anything (laughs) she probably did (laughs) (laughs) maybe get it maybe grab some floss smoke huh Old Moose Smoke. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences mm-hmm. in herself. And, she, and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and and she couldn't think clearly. And, and you know, and, and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, Have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger. I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Were you, uh, what's the hardest part about being out there? Is it A, boredom? Is it B, uh, missing your family? Or a combination of both? Uh, so for me, yeah, good question. It was, you have to fight all those things. You have to, like, not allow yourself to get before, bored, or that will quickly become the hardest thing out there. Or the same with missing your family. If you allow yourself to just sit there and pine over your family, that's going to be the hardest thing out there. So it's those, all those things you have to, like, preemptively approach. Uh, for me, the hardest thing was uh the unknown it's just the unknown period of time that you're out there leads to a lot of issues so the fact that that was it could kind of go indefinitely or for a full year it was just like man i don't know how much food i need to store up i don't know if i'm like if it's gonna be a six month tv show i don't even know if it's worth it to miss you know my kids for that long and and so you you, you have all these worries about the future that if I would have just lived in the present, I don't think I would have had a lot of, it wouldn't have been super difficult for me, but it was, it was all my stress about the future that actually ended up not coming to fruition that, that caused me the, probably the most difficulty out there. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think in, in real life, that's what it always is. It's what is, what always 
affects us the most and it's thinking of the future that we can't control yeah, yeah, and that's right, with everybody right. right it's like you know i'm thinking of like oh what if nobody listens next week well that's next week why, yeah. don't, why are we worried about next week <laughs> totally, totally. what if i'm what if i'm hungry in a month well i'll find another moose <laughs> <laughs> totally exactly i should have lived more in the present and i did a lot but but definitely all my stress a lot of what you hear me talking about on the show that's like oh i don't have enough of this and that it's like me just being stressed about something that's way off in the future. Like I, I still should have done all the same things probably, but I shouldn't have allowed it to be so stressful because I really didn't have to be. It was pretty. Did you almost die? Was there ever a moment where it's not filmed that you're like, I I honestly was close to dying or I could die right now. I don't think so. I think the most dangerous point was probably, well, you could always fall. Like every time you're walking out there, it's so slippery when it gets icy that it's like, it's stupid. It's like, you'll be thinking, do not fall. Do not boom. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's like that slick. And so there's always that. And I fell a few times, but the, uh, I imagine the thing that could have gone worse was the uh, the Wolverine encounter, right? That seemed pretty, (laughs) but it's just one of those things. You just like, he had, that had built up for a couple weeks by the time I finally got him that it, it was very clear that it was kind of him or me out there on the Island. And he was, he was taking my uh, stuff. He was taking (laughs) all your meats. You, you built like your home is my home now. Yeah. You built like this giant thing to keep your food. What do you call it? Yeah. Food cash or like a labas in Russian, but yeah. Right. You, You built this thing and that bastard got up there and took it. And again, you're like, man, that's damn Wolverine. You're so even killed. I would have been like, you son of a, you know, so Wolverines can take down things six times their size, right? They're, they're fierce. Even though they don't look that fierce, they're fierce, right? Yeah, they are. They're for, I actually read one killed a polar bear in the zoo, uh, some time back here, <laughs> got in the zoo in the polar bear pen at the zoo, but no, the, uh, they're, they are crazy. They can take down moose. They just, like, jump on their backs and gnaw through their spine. They're super tenacious little critters. And I, oh. I hadn't dealt with them, so I didn't know much about them. I just heard of them all the time in Siberia because they would all tell me about them. About, oh, man, if a, if a wolverine comes, he's going to ruin your whole hunt for the year and this and that. And uh, But I don't think there is many – there is high population-wise in Siberia as in – northwest territories because i just never run into one in all my years out there whereas here there were multiple wolverines running around you know but you took it down at night where you couldn't see much you had your did you have your light on your head yeah but like how how close were you to it where anything could have changed something could have turned around and not gone your way well it was it happened so fast like it it would kind of led up to that because the night before I had kind of, I'd like surrounded my whole camp with these strings and cans so that if anything walked through, I'd hear an alarm system go off. (laughs) And uh, the night before I had heard the like clank, clank. And I was like, oh gosh, here he comes. And so I got ready with my bow and I went outside and saw him come down and I saw his like eyes looking at me behind the bush, probably about 15 yards away or something. And uh, I thought about taking a shot at him, but I was like, well, he'll come out from the bush and then I'll shoot him sure enough he didn't he like closed his eyes i lost sight of him because it was at night also and he like vanished and i was like man should have taken a shot like well man and then uh the next night same thing happened i was sitting in my shelter and i hear clank 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 and i was like oh gosh and so i ran out of my shelter and this time i saw him run behind the same bush but i 
didn't wait this time. I just sent an arrow in there and it like ricocheted through the branches and pinned him to the ground. And I mean, it honestly just happened so fast that I just grabbed my ax and ran over there and he was like spinning around on the arrow. And then he lunged up at me and I swung and hit him and swung again and swung again. And it was over pretty fast, but Oof. you know, I definitely thought he might, you know, he, he could like a grab to hold of my arm or something. And it would have been pretty wild. Even. You would have been out, right? He grabs you. He gets one slice on you. You're gone. Well, he, you know, he would have, it would have been like having like a pit bull or something on your arm. He would have just been like, <laughs> and I would have been probably trying to stab him. You know, it could have gotten a lot gnarlier had the arrow not held. Would but. you have stayed out if that thing bit you or sliced you a little bit? Would you have like found a way to stay there? I think I would have, like, it depends on how bad it was, but. Uh, in my head, I would have like uh, it's like, man, I still have a lot of meat. I can like lay here and be injured and heal slowly and just eat if I have to. <laughs> and then when those guys come, I talked about a bit with Joe Rogan, but like when I chopped myself with the axe in Siberia, I was laid up for like three days. I couldn't even move either of my legs because my other one had been like had surgery not long before. I was literally just laying there in the teepee for three days. And I just pictured myself probably like that if I had gotten bit or something, <laughs> unless they told me I had to leave, you know. Do you watch, have you seen all the seasons of Alone or you don't really do that? You just Yeah, I do. That's like the one show I watch. I do like it. How many times do you watch it and go, what are they doing? Why are they doing it that way? I mean, even I, who don't know what the hell couldn't survive uh, like an hour, I'm like going, that looks flammable. I don't know if yeah, I there's there's some things uh, I always watch. There's definitely things you watch and you criticize. Maybe it's you're just not there, so you don't realize. But uh, yeah, what was I watching this season? Season seven, I was watching. It was kind of driving me crazy. Like, just do this, or yo, it was like build your fort, build your shelter. The guy didn't even build his shit. Tarp flapping like his tarp was just flapping in the wind and driving him crazy. I was like, "Put some logs on your tarp." Good <laughs> lord! <laughs> what is this lazy guy? He's out for four weeks and he hasn't put up a. He's living under a tarp. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Well, what all the details are maybe he has a good reason for not doing it." But I was, I doubt it. I was pretty. uh you know, I think why I signed up was probably because when you watch those first episodes you're, of the first seasons, you're kind of like, oh, man, everybody's afraid of a bear. It's like, oh, perfect. I'd love to hunt a bear, you know, so like I could do that. And so you kind of sign up. But, you know, you know, of course, it's different than you expect. And, and so, it's easy to talk from the couch. But uh, so you're not afraid of a bear. Is, is they really they really show only a fraction of what you're doing. So they might. A lot of times people criticize you for not doing things that you are doing. Right. Like, you know. Uh, and hey, the women are tough, man. You know, right. I thought I thought what's her name was gonna beat you for a second. I was like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they it's told her tough. yeah, they were like, Hey, you're losing too much body fat to both of them. They were both tough as shit, man. All the women oh, they get yeah. on there are just like I'm like, they're tougher than any dude I know. Yeah, absolutely. I I told Monia that after the show when I saw her, I was like, you are tough. Good for you. I mean, that's cool. And then same with Nikki, same thing. She just didn't have as much weight going in, or otherwise she would have lasted. You know, she did last as long as her body allowed. It's but like, you didn't have. You weren't a big guy. You were skin. You were thin. Oh yeah, I was in the same boat. I mean, I would have. I wouldn't. Uh, I'm sure they would have pulled me sooner because I would have gotten skinnier sooner. The fact is, I just knew I had to provide way more food. 
to have a chance out there. So it really put the pressure on me being like the skinny guy. I was like, man, I, I can't be lazy. I have to produce and be active and proactive, you know? So it, yeah. yeah. How much did it change your life winning that $500,000? Because, like, people forget there's taxes. Yeah, well, the money itself hasn't much because it was like, uh, like you say, you pay taxes. And, of course, I've always been self-employed, so I don't have any retirement or anything. So then you put some into retirement, and then you put – and then we were living like a one-bedroom house, and so then we have three kids now, so we got this other house and renovated it. And you know, the kind of, it kind of goes pretty quick. It likes, it's a good, does a good job of setting you up better. And it's been super nice, but it's not like enough money to live the rest of your life, you know, on, on your post taxes winnings, but it has also provided a lot of new opportunities to where now I don't have to, uh, you know, now I'm not demoing buildings in you know lynchburg virginia for a living i'm you know i have other things to do so that's been super nice and would you do it again if they ask you i bet you'll do it again uh yeah it'd be interesting i'd all my ears will be open i'll have to hear what they have to say (laughs) aren't you pissed that it's like season six win five hundred thousand dollars and then the next season one million you're like what the i didn't know They shortened it and they doubled the money. They made it a hundred day cap. Yeah. And they made it to where you could, you could last that. Like, so I would have had the option to stay the extra 23 days to double my money. I was like, heck yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I can't complain. I'm happy, but it was, uh, it was, was a rip off. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you guys had an extra 500k lying around like but you know what i always think like you know celebrities have to have it when celebrities have kids the kids got to be hard it's like my dad's a celebrity like bruce you know maybe bruce willis's kid or whatever and they're like my dad's a celebrity look what i have to how could i be that do, i mean do your kids look at you like oh my gosh my dad's a badass i got i gotta be a badass or what do you tell them as a father no, i to, think they're too young i think they're too young to know, uh, you they'll, know. Grow <laughs> they'll grow up and watch it yeah that i don't know i about to we'll see they'll be so sick of me oh dad's dragging us up in the woods again he's him in his stupid show and his stupid <laughs> <laughs> do you st- do you camp with them you take them camping and start to show them yeah. little skills yeah yeah we like to do that kind of stuff we just had another baby so he's kind of throwing a stick in our camping folks but uh yeah definitely like that's what i think a lot about when i'm up in the wilderness and doing things like that it's like oh man i can't wait to get the kids out here and this and that well you know i was thinking i I read something where i don't know if it's true but are you teaching survival skills and and yeah yeah we're doing like uh taking people out like riding horses way deep into the wilderness and spending a week out in the you know out in the wilderness just learning skills but also just being disconnected and from the craziness and kind of you know having real life conversations and also learning about survival you know being in an awesome place yeah what's it called is it called uh jonah's survival what is it yeah it's just out of the on my website at like jordanjonas.com there's a link to my survival courses there like you know i've kind of teamed up with this outfitter who has all the horses and all the you know land hundred like to do it on and it's a really good setup so how much is it for someone like me who wanted to come out there for a week and learn survival skills for a week what's what's the cost 1800 bucks <laughs> but it's 
it's pretty intense. I think it's a good deal. Like that's the feedback's been really good. Uh, the because uh, you're getting like we're going way back in on horses and having like a pretty epic adventure out there. So it's like I think it's a good deal. I've, I've got had a lot of feedback saying like things like life changing and and like unforgettable. You know, so it's been this is our first year doing it. We didn't know what to expect, but it's been so overwhelmingly positive. How many people have come so far? uh four uh, you know rough there's been four classes so uh, roughly 40 but a little less because some people cancel so like probably 35 wow does anybody when you're in there going god i I gotta get out of here i'm sorry i can't handle this not for me no nobody has there's like been people that were like man i wonder how they're gonna do you know some people came who had never even been uh one guy came had never been outside of san diego so he had never even been in the woods or anything never camping and but man, he had a blast and it was awesome. And, you know, and he learned a lot and had a new experience. And at the same time, we had a guy that had been to several survival courses, you know, and more hardcore ones. And he had an awesome time. So that's kind of runs the gamut of experience out there. But, but listen uh, to me. I couldn't start a fire, even if I had a lighter. Oh, yeah. I can't. I, I, I don't know what it's like to trap. I don't know how to build a tent. I've never done really shit, man. man. You should do it. You would have a blast. You should come out and do a week. It would be so fun. You'd have a, you'd totally have a blast. So what are things that you like while you're there? I mean, what, do you, what are a couple of things I would learn how to do? Because I'm first of all, I'm colorblind. Oh, okay, you're colorblind. That's fine. Actually, colorblind people see movement better, so you might spot more animals than oh. us. No, but the uh, you you'd learn how to like. Do we just get a stick and some fishing line? Learn how to tie up some flies. You know, like for fly for fly fishing, tie a little fly out of some fur, and then go catch some fish at the lake. Cook them up, smoke them. You know, do all the preserve them. Uh, you'd learn how to build traps for everything from mice to fox to bear to whatever, you know, like, and cleaning, like cleaning a fish. You learn how to clean a fish, start a fire. Yeah, exactly. Learn how to clean a fish, learn, learn kind of how they behave and, and, uh, how to fish in a survival situation like that in these high mountains. And then, um, It'd learn teach you how to build not only like a little fly rod, but also like a spinner rod, how to makeshift make some lures. A gill net? Do you learn how to make a gill net? Yeah, you could learn how to make a gill net. We don't we don't do a gill net every time, but we did once. So, you know, like it depends on what people wanna know, because there's a lot to teach and you know, so I just feel helpless. They want to know, then I would <laughs> teach that specifically. But yeah, no. We learn how to make a little kayak and go out in the lake and Anything like that. Would you do something, Jordan, where it's like we paid you the right amount of money to come come out maybe to California, go up in the mountains and check it out, and then maybe do like a a, a different scenario, like out, out west or something? Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd something to check into. Yeah, yeah. I'd be I, open to the idea. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I think it'd be a fun-ass show if I could get like 10 of my celebrity friends and like go out with the guy, the winner from... And see how many people are just, it'd be hilarious. Uh, we, should, we should do that. We should make a show of it. It'd be hilarious. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, I could just see me go, I can't do this anymore. Dude, it's been an hour. Calm down. <laughs> what are you doing with yourself? I don't know, man. All right, look, this is called Shit Talking with Jordan Jonas. This is These are from my patrons. Uh, they asked some questions. Cool. Nico P., what advice, and this could be rapid or whatever, whatever you want. 
what advice can you give to people who are looking to unplug more often from technology? Uh, yeah, I would say, get, I mean, I don't know where the guy lives, but if you get out in the woods, do some more spend time in nature and leave your phone at home and uh you'll find after a day or two that you don't miss it at all that you'll be you'll actually be really glad you don't have it it feels weird initially but but it's pretty i don't think it's psychologically very healthy to be checking the news all the time and being mad at this or that or you know <laughs> yeah hey you're frozen again so get so get out of ultimately just get into nature and put your phone yeah, away into nature and leave your phone. Like, don't be afraid to leave it behind and unplug. You really won't miss it. It's like, it, I, I promise. Jonathan P what's your favorite food to eat from the wilderness favorite and favorite animal to hunt. Uh, I really like eating. Uh, I just love it when berries are in season up North or even here, the huckleberries, but uh, it's just like paradise, just berries everywhere. It's awesome. Of course, Everything in nature tastes better, but uh, like fish, fish, trout's good. And uh, favorite animal to hunt? I mean, it's hard to beat the moose because they're so <laughs> big. <and> so. <laughs> Marissa Ann, you've experienced and survived a lot in your life. What are some skills or lessons you hope to teach your kids so one day they can overcome anything like you have? I would like to teach them resilience in the same way that I learned it from well, hopefully not in the same way, but I learned it from my dad in as powerful of a way as you can. And that he like went, lost his legs and lost all the movement in his hands to diabetes and stuff. And then he also had just excruciating back pain all through it. He somehow maintained joy. Like, uh, and like he, he, you know, lost his job cause he couldn't work and he was, wasn't able to be productive. Mom had to go back to work. So there was all this emotionally difficult stuff for him to deal with, but, and physically d difficult things, but he dealt with it and approached life in a way that he was still positive and joyful. And it was, we could learn, we learned a ton from that, you know, watching him go through that. And it puts so much perspective on your own suffering also shows you how to deal with, you know, trials that life has. So hopefully I'll be able to teach the kids to, uh, you know, hopefully I'll build an example to them, a similar resilience and depth of character that will <laughs> help them get through hard times and enjoy the good times. Dude, yeah. You know, you're a good man. You're just a good man. Who's uh brave and, uh, yeah, I just I, I love hearing that. It's great. That's great advice. Um, you know, Ray Ray A. We kind of talked about this, but you just rapid fire. How do you keep your sanity being out there? I mean, you said you you, you talked well, about. There's it. a few things, but one, you you don't allow yourself to get really bored. So always stay busy. Don't allow problems to overwhelm you, but but really separate what you can control from what you can't control, and then the things you can control do you know like so be proactive in solving your problems don't just allow your because you saw on the show i had a lot of issues come up and you kind of just have to be like okay well what's the solution if there's a solution then i should do that before i start complaining too much you know so it's like uh uh being proactive being you know having a real attitude that's focused on gratitude and the positive things going on rather than focusing on the negative. That's super important. Uh, you know what you just said, Jordan, you know, what you just, what's funny is your answer as much as it is so 
important for being out in nature and alone. Yeah. It, it's the same advice you give to someone now. Keep busy. So Be proactive. Don't worry about tomorrow. If you have a problem, find a solution. Don't be bored. Keep busy. These are all things that light. It's life, right? It's so true, man. I guess so. It's like they, they really are. They are universal lessons. They're so starkly um, before you in a situation like that. But it's the exact same lessons you would apply in real life. Oh, again, earlier we were talking about right not focus too much on. Don't be so stressed out by the future that you're not enjoying the present, you know, <laughs> and not being grateful for what you have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those are all parts of that. How not to go crazy. Well, Leanne P says, I mean, we, we again, we said this, but, you know, based on your experience of the show, you would do it again, right? You, you said you're, you're all ears. Yeah, I'm all ears for what they're what they're offering. <laughs> but they better not go back to half a million. It better be for a million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They better not go to the Sahara Desert or something dumb. <laughs> well, dude, this you know this is a uh, I don't want to, look I don't want to take your time. Your I know your kids are there and oh I'm enjoying dude, it. I, I, I love this. I'm not going to harass you or anything, but I will probably try to email you and figure out either how to get there to one of your uh, explorations yeah, man, and really or something. I just I you know I just was like I, I you know you have so much patience. I think that's what it was that I'm like. I want this guy to teach me because I won't feel like an idiot, even though I do feel like an idiot. I, someone no, who has patience with me. Be awesome. It would actually be a blast. I think we should do it. We should plan something somewhere. I think it'd be worthwhile. Uh, dude, I would, I would do it, man. I, I, in a heartbeat, I would like, I have a couple of friends who I talked to. I'm like, Hey man, I, I honestly couldn't survive for like five minutes. I, I don't know if I can get out of the boat. Like when they yeah, 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 or the yeah. helicopter, I'm like, so I'm like, I want to learn some survival. So I just want to learn how to build a fire. I want to learn how to build a shelter. A I little learn bit of confidence. So you're not like, yeah, yeah. Totally. Something. And I think maybe it will, who knows what it will do. Maybe all of a sudden it will, I'll, I'll be enlightened that I'm like, Hey, I probably will be like, dude, this is what life is, man. This is nature. You got everything in front of you. Fucking use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No schedules. You're just, what do you need? You need to catch some fish. Let's go catch some fish. What you, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. it. Dude, this has been a real blast. I hope you had fun. And I, pr I really appreciate you doing this, man. I appreciate the invite, man. It's an honor. And, uh, yeah, you should, uh, just keep in touch. I will keep in touch, man. You just, you just, you got to, I told you my guys, you don't know this, but I direct message him right after I saw the finale. And I said, listen, I played a badass on TV, but you're a badass in real life. And I would do anything for you to come on the, the podcast because I, I knew I just love the story and just hearing more from you. I just it's, it's I think it's more encouraging than a lot of celebrities and athletes who come on here. It's all great stories, but this is like real life stuff. And it's it, it's awesome. So good luck with your family and the, you know, the new endeavors and, and all that stuff. And I'll be in touch, man. I'm not one of those Hollywood people who says, yeah, I'll email you. I'll fucking email you. <laughs> well, I actually look forward to it. I think we would have a really good time. Let's do it. Me too, man. Hey, can, and, uh, lastly, can you give a shout out to my friends who made me watch the show? It's just Tom and Deneen. Oh, yeah, Tom and Deneen, thanks for having such good taste in TV and, <laughs> and plugging <laughs> plug Michael in. It's, a, it's awesome. It's well awesome. Done. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hey, hopefully give, we'll meet. Yes, and give Rachel my love, your sister. I will, I will. I go, can you give me a bio or something? She goes, well, I'll write some shit down. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she did. So, dude, hey, all my love, all my uh, wishes of be uh, health and happiness to you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. See ya. Man, that was good. I just, uh, 
you know, I've had in, in the early stages of interviewing people, I get some comments where like, let the guy talk. Let the guest. I sound like my stepdad. Good Lord, Michael. What the? He sounds like King of the Hill. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this guy was so great and I was starstruck. I was just like so excited to talk to him. I, I don't know why, but that's how I, I, I work. I just, I just couldn't calm down. I wanted to ask him so many things and he answered them all. Um, so I, I hope you guys liked that as much as I did. And, uh, you know, I'm sure people look at, uh, names and they're like, Oh, uh, Tom Welling, Smallville. I'll listen to that one. Jordan Jonas. I don't know him. Well, you should, because I think his story is sensational and he's a, a tremendous human being. He has a wonderful family. It's just a great story. So I hope people connect with that. And, uh, I hope eventually the show gets to a certain point where I could just, I mean, I guess I could do it now. Bring on whoever I want, even though nobody knows them. But you want to keep people listening. But people sometimes are, they sort of, uh, if they don't know them, they don't stick around. So I hope you keep sticking around, man. I hope you enjoy that. Let me know in the comments on YouTube. You can watch on YouTube or listen anywhere. What you thought. Uh, thanks to all the patrons. Remember, Rob Danson and I are doing another stage. It. We'll play some covers. I think we're going to play Take It Easy by the Eagles. Maybe uh, Losing My Religion. Uh, play some originals and uh, some a uh, couple left on Laurel songs. It's a blast. Great prizes. Take it easy. The first song that my dad taught me how to play. Really? Yeah. We still play it. Well, I've been running down the road, losing my log, seven women on my mind. That's a good one. A shout out to my loves. That's the uh, patrons. Thank you, guys. You know who you are. Well, because I'm going to announce some of you now. Nancy D, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Barry I, Angelina G, Robin S, Jerry W, Emily K, Bob B, Robert B, Jason W, Stephen J, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Tom N, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Hamza B, Jennifer N, I said. I think Stacy B, Carly T, Jennifer S, Janelle B, Tabitha two seventy two. Not to be confused with Tabitha two seventy three. That's correct. Kimberly E, Crystal H, Mike E, Marissa Nunnalello, Ramira, Beth B, Chris F, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Jackie P, Rodrigo S, Rachel Ray A, Maya P, Megan D, Jennifer C, Maddie S, Tiffany I, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Margie M, Thomas T, Matt W. Belinda Carlisle, Belinda N, Benjamin R, Lisa J. I dated a girl named Lisa J. She's married and has a kid, and I'm alone. Kevin V, Robert S, Joy W, Nicole M, Amber F, James R, Chris H, Snow R, Noah H, Noah K, Noah K. It's not an H. So thank you guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast, subscribing to it. I, uh, I love doing this and uh, I want to continue doing it. Um, I guess sort of, I've thought about Ryan. If you know, you think about all the, the hosts, you got comedians who are hosts. Mm -hmm. I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't want to be, get ideas. I just want to like, this is how I roll. This mm -hmm. is like, <clears throat> I don't know what I'm doing. I just feel like I just, I feel like I'm just a regular person asking questions that regular people want to know. Not, does that make sense? Sure. But my, my goal, I don't know what my goal is. I never thought of a goal other than you know, hope, hopefully having a successful podcast, but you know, if it came where I could have a talk show mm -hmm. and talk like I am now mm -hmm. and just do what I want to do and, you know, and uh, have guests on and really get inside them, then I would, uh, 
I would like that. I don't know um, how that works. I, you know, no one's approached me. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like if it gets to a certain point and we, you know, it gets bigger or whatever, and or maybe I just do one. And so, I mean, it is kind of a talk show anyway. It's on YouTube, but like to have like a network behind you and like yeah. do like one night a week, like, oh, mm-hmm. and now net coming up next inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. And it's like guests, uh, Will Ferrell, Will. <laughs> Followed by a Big Bang Theory marathon. Right. Uh, it'd be kind of cool. I think I would do it. If it was once a week, I couldn't do it like Johnny Carson does. <laughs> I just aged myself. I couldn't do it like uh, who? Like Steve Allen? Well, that's even older. <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't do it like Jimmy Kimmel. And um, you know, everybody has their own personality. So I, I'm, I'm sure you guys listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, you know, Rogan has a double, whole WWE thing going on. And he's like, you know... And he does these three-hour interviews. I don't know how they do it. And my buddy Dax, they do these interviews where they're three hours long. And I just, I couldn't do that. I, I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't put a guest through it. Even though guests are dying to get on those other shows because mm-hmm. they're great shows. So I, for me, I just want to do an hour. They're like, oh, that, that wasn't too much of an inconvenience. I mean, if I was doing three hours, I don't know if you'd be able to do this. No. Could you imagine editing these things three hours long? No. Like doing a Titanic a week? No. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Seriously. <laughs> all right. Thank you again to everybody. I say it all the time. I hope it continues. I feel like I'm very blessed, and I, and, and I want you to know you are too. We're alive. We're here. Get outside. Do something. Keep busy. Uh, and if you listen to the uh, – you're obviously listening to the interview. You didn't just go, I'm going to listen to the uh, outro. Anyway, good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you too. And – um that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next week, um, tell all your friends, email everybody, make them subscribe. And um, thank you. Thanks for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.